Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. We're going to quickly go through eight ways that the devil can find a foothold in your life. Okay, be prepared, be aware, right? The more you know, the more you know how to fight, the more you know that you need to be living a faithful sacramental life. The more faithful we are, the more we seek out the sacraments, the devil's already going to be fleeing. It's really important that we take ownership of our faith and live it. Okay, so the first one is ties to the occult. What is an occult? It actually means hidden or secret. Most of the occultist practices are seeking the future. They're looking at the paranormal to try to find out the future. Yoga, Reiki, crystals, magic, palm reading, medians, psychics, horoscopes, witchcraft, all of these things are inherently evil. They are against God's first commandment. It's idolatry because we are not seeking the one and only God. We are seeking all these other things. Did you actually know that knocking on wood comes from a druid practice where they would go up to a tree, knock on the tree, and ask the spirits to come to their aid and grant their requests? How many times have I said knock on wood? As a matter of fact, I would even knock on my own head, saying I was so dense, it's like a piece of wood. All of this stuff has become so mainstream, and we're not even looking at the roots of where these things came. Let's also think about the schools were trying to normalize this kind of behavior. The schools have books on witchcraft and all of these black magic stuff, right? But they don't have the Bible. The devil is the ruler of the world. He is definitely in play here. And let's also look at Deuteronomy 18, verse 10, 11, and 12. You must never practice black magic, be a fortune teller, witch, or sorcerer. You must never cast spells, ask ghosts or spirits for help, or consult the dead. Wow. Now, some of you may be like, well, I went to this, you know, fortune teller or palm reader, and they told me things that nobody could ever know. Just know that only God knows the future. Satan and his, his little minions don't, but they are very clever. They observe us all the time, and they can deduce certain things. But we also have to remember that the devil never does anything that benefits us. He never wants the best for us. He only wants to have us 
and our lives be broken into little pieces. All right, number two, the entertainment industry. It is so important to be aware of what we are watching, what we are reading, what we are listening to. Movies, TV shows, books, games, uh, hello, the computer, and all these little gadgets that we have, like our smartphone and tablets. I mean, we are meant, God wants us to be in a community. That's why he created the church, which by the way, means community. And most of us are, are not in a communion with people in our church. Satan wants us to be in isolation. And I can see he's done so much to damage so many people. If you think about the lockdowns, how many people were online and I know the young people are going into these chat rooms, these transgender chat rooms, and I know this because I listened to a woman's story. She was a teenager, and she went into the chat room, and she got all this love and attention, and yes, yes, you need to be a boy. And so she went and got puberty blockers, and she was on the highest dose for almost a year. And then she finally said, this is not right, ended up re you know, stopping those, went back into the chat room and shared it. And she was shunned. They were calling her every name in the book and said, get the heck out of here. And so this is the point. We have so many groomers, so many demonic people out there trying to catch our children so that they can mutilate their body and certainly destroy their ability to reproduce loving children in the, the eyes of God. Again, Satan just wants to pervert God's plan. So be careful what you're watching. I mean, let's think about it. They're working on our kids. You go into a school, you've got witchcraft books and all these other crazy kind of new age stuff, but you don't have a Bible. Again, remember the devil wants to isolate us. He wants a collection of individuals that live by his three rules. Do whatever you wish. Nobody has the right to command you. And you are the God of yourself. Number three, a curse, which is an opposite thing than a blessing from God. A curse is truly from evil. Now we can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. How many times do I say that on this podcast? Which is why it is so important for us to put on the armor of God. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, put on the armor of God. And let's look at Psalm 91. I need not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Curses are only effective if we're weak in our faith. Another reason to look at our life and make these changes. Number four, you've been dedicated to a human either by your parents or yourself. Maybe you stumbled into something and you are following a, an alternate God, a pagan God. We can't bring evil upon ourselves until we hit the age of reason. And that's seven years old. I heard a story about a woman who tried to get an abortion. It didn't work. And she was so mad at God because she had to have the baby that she actually dedicated the baby to Satan. And this poor little girl up until 12 was through, you know, put into satanic rituals and abuses and praise God. She ended up going to Rome 
and she sought out an exorcist priest, ended up, you know, going through an exorcist, if you will, exorcism, <laughs> going through an exorcist and an exorcism, and she became a religious sister. God is so wonderful. Nev no one is lost to his mercy, but our parents, either through anger or through ignorance, could have dedicated us to something. And we can also dedicate ourselves to something other than God. So we have to be real careful, my friends, real careful. Okay. Number five, abuse. These are emotional wounds. And sometimes through this darkness that we are in, we seek the wrong sources. Abuse is trauma. And through that, we could also open up the doors and the windows based on how we deal with it. And it may not even go, be going to another spirit. We could be diving into alcohol and into drugs to numb ourselves, etc. Six, this is a big one. Life of habitual sin. I'm telling you, this world is so uh, brutal. We have lost a sense of sin. Remember, we're, we're all like living those three satanic rules, right? Do whatever you wish. Nobody has the right to command you. You are the God of yourself. But we all know that there is so much addictive behavior that the world is like normalizing sin, immoral sexual behavior, this transgender stuff, homosexuality, etc. And I'm talking even promiscuity. When I look at sexual immorality, it's not just homosexuality and tra transgenderism that's out there. It's also the hookup culture, having adulterous affairs while we're married. These are all now normalized. We've just lost the, the sense of sin. So we've got to own our lives. And when we own it, we can use the sacraments of the church and go to confession, reconciliation. It is more powerful than an exorcism itself because we are giving our sins to God. You know how high I am on confession. You know how often I go. And I hope that you take that step so that the beautiful sacraments of the church can help you on your journey. Number seven, inviting a demon into your life. I don't know how many of us <laughs> do this on purpose. It's usually of ignorance or we are going down another path other than the one and only God, right? It always goes back to idolatry. but. You could have possibly done it with a good intention. Let me give you an example. So a woman may look at someone who they know, or a man, you know, a faithful person can look at someone and say, oh my gosh, you are possessed. And they could go up and say, I pray for you and I invite any evil spirit that is in you to come into me. There was a story about a woman who did just that. And that spirit came into her. She said that she felt something enter her and then she was possessed. And guess what? It took her 12 years to get these seven demons out of her. 
And I don't know if you know, but demons are hierarchical. They fell from the nine choirs of angels. So some are good, some are worse than the others. And typically when you read in the Bible, you, you hear that they, what are you going to do with us, right? We know that you are the son of God. What are you going to do with us? So we have to be aware that we could be possessed by many, many, many demons or obsessed or oppressed. Again, I'm not saying that all of these are resulting in possession, but they are impacting our lives. Okay. The last one is broken relationships. Back in the time of Christ, did you know that it was only three times that you forgave someone? So when Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? Seven times? He kind of thought he was going over and above what the current three times was. And he was. But Jesus said, no, 70 times 77. Like, you don't even count. You just forgive. So we need to realize that brokenness in the family is not good. If you go back to the Mark 5, the, the Gerasene demoniac, we know who you are, the Holy Son of God, and there's this guy who is completely possessed. He's chained. No one can go past the road. And then Jesus casts out the 2,000 spirits, and they actually ask to go into the swine, and they enter the swine, and then the swine drowns. The man was so grateful and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, no, go home to your family. So he was a dead person and he wants him to go back to the family and be a living, loving family member and a person of a community. Broken relationships are, can sometimes really hurt us, right? That's why Jesus says we must forgive. That's why we have to focus on letting it go, taking it to confession, asking the Lord to change our hearts so that we too can love and pray and will the good of another person. Broken relationships are a big deal. So let's continue to ask the Lord to change our hearts. Let's take that lack of love, that resentment, that hate, that judgment on all of these other people. We don't want bitterness and anger and revenge. We need to seek forgiveness. So I hope all of these help you and make you more aware of what's going on in your life and those that you love. I want to also mention perfect possession. Perfect possession is you're living a harmonious relationship with this evil. I honestly believe that I was perfectly possessed. I was promiscuous. I was abusing alcohol and drugs. I was addicted to pornography and self-gratification. I wasn't having these manifestations of evil because I was cooperating with everything the spirit wanted me to do. So he just had to sit there and enjoy it. Be a lazy demon, if you will. 
So there wasn't any manifestation. When manifestations come, that means that you are battling it internally. You're resisting these actions. So a lot of you right now who are battling sin, that's a good thing. At least you're battling it and not continuing to do it. And that is a grace from God. But keep going to him, keep going to confession. And I'm telling you, God will step into your life and kick that sin to the curb, as well as any of those demons. So don't forget, if you've missed the last few podcasts, there are some gems in there for how we can deliver spirits in an all-encompassing way and or, well, both, right? And every single day as we fight those temptations and we have those attacks come back at us after the big deliverance session. All righty, everyone. Don't let this bring you down. Don't think that, oh, this is too much. I can't do this. Or don't also fear that evil is all around you, attacking you. Again, I say that all the time. I'm not spouting from the mountaintop saying, the devil made me do it. It's always the devil. Because we know it's the three things. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil. So there are cultural and societal things that come to us, obviously, the entertainment industry, plus our, our own lack of management over our body. We let our body manage us. That's why we have to continue to deepen our relationship with God, to use every single weapon, including deliverance that he has given us. And remember to put on the armor of God with prayer, asking the Lord to protect you, your guardian angel, Every single day we have to do this. Every single day. It's a daily cross and it's a daily spiritual battle. But the more you know how to fight, the easier it is and the less you will be attacked. Pretty soon, if you get into mental prayer, I've talked about this before. Mental prayer is different than vocal prayer. It's your 15 minutes of silence with God. And if you're practicing a minimum of that, which my gosh, you best go farther than 15 minutes because it does make a difference. You have just told Satan, you've lost me. And Satan knows that he's lost your soul. That's St. Teresa of Avila who says it's not me. But if you don't pray mental prayer 15 minutes at a minimum every day, then you cannot stop sinning. That's St. Francis of DeSales who said that. And St. Teresa of Avila agrees. Mental prayer is critical because this is where we get communication with God, where we get messages from God, where we understand what we're supposed to do in that day. That's what meditation really is, Christian meditation, not this new age stuff. Be careful. You might be opening doors by doing other meditations in this new age movement, your chakras and sitting with your knees and your fingers touching and trying to get, no, we want to be in the presence of God. We want to be silent. We want to have all of our sacramentals around us. We want holy water, holy salt, holy oil. We want the word of God 
And we want the Lord to put on our heart what we need to work on today. That's actually the the output, the outcome that we're looking for in mental prayer is to know what we're supposed to do this day. Meditation, especially in new age, is all about relaxation, you know, um, higher levels of chakra and emptying your mind and universe stuff. Totally different. All righty, everyone. Let this digest. Play it again. Go listen to my previous podcasts. Do the 50-minute video that is in what, two days ago? I can't remember which episode it was, but it says free video. I mean, it's a YouTube video with an exorcist priest who walks through deliverance and they're casting out curses and hoaxes and occult practices and things that I just listed here. We need to take action. We need to live with purpose and meaning, meaning we got to pay attention to what's going on. And we should be paying attention to what's going on in our kids' lives and our loved ones so that we can help them from not opening their doors and windows to have evil enter their lives. But God wins. Jesus has power over all of it. We just need to tap into it, believe, be assertive, and act. All righty, everyone. I love you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Find something more with God, this beautiful life with peace and joy and self-control. Have a blessed and inspired day.